Amen. Now, don't you love this place? Hey, I love this place. I really do. I, I, I love, I, I look forward to this. There's no place I'd rather be. I, man, this is just awesome. And, and I, th- I just want to congratulate this section. You guys, you guys rock. You're full. You guys need to work a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, in the middle of a summer, and here we are, and we're coming together, and, and we're in this place. We're all in the same place. Think about that for just a minute. You know, the Bible says that they gathered in one place, and the Spirit of God came, and let me tell you something, there wasn't nothing the same ever after that. You know, here we are, we're all in one place, but let me tell you this, we're not all at the same place, right? See, we're in one place, but it's radically different. The place you are, the place people around you are at, they're in a radically different place than you are. They're in a different place financially, different place emotionally, different place, you know, spiritually, different place, you know, in every way, shape, and form, we're all in different places, but yet here we are in one place, and, and, and God has a purpose for this place, and he's going to do something in this place, and your life ain't ever going to be the same when you leave this place. Hello, somebody. I said, your life ain't ever going to be the same when you leave this place, okay? And, and, and if you have the same, I, I actually think that we ought to be clapping right there. I think we ought to be celebrating, because God, you know, the Bible's talking about, you know, from glory to glory, it's getting better and better, and I can promise you that if you will trust God with your life, that your final outcome will be way better than your current condition. He's, he's just going to, he's going to, you know, anybody in here, and you don't, you don't really have to respond because we already know the answer, but anybody in here ever done something stupid? Yeah, yeah, I see that hand. Uh, yeah, we all, we've all done some stupid things. Anybody ever been, uh, you know, like the victim of somebody else's stupidity? Yeah, got, got even more hands there. That's easier. Uh, you know, but you want to you know what's weird is that with all of the craziness that we've you know, experience, whether we, whether we birthed it or somebody else did, it doesn't change God's ability in the place you're at. You know, you might think, well, I'm in this place because of the decisions I made, or I'm in the place that I'm in because of something that somebody did to me, but it doesn't change God's ability to operate in that place. See, no matter what place you're at, if you, if you, can, if you can invite the presence of God to that place, See, I think sometimes we get hyper-focused on the place we're at, and, and, and because we're so focused on what's happening in the place we are, that we overlook the presence that's with us. And, and, and the presence of God in your life, and I'm telling you, he, he, he never leaves you, never forsakes you, and he's, he's always there, but doesn't it feel sometimes like you can't quite reach God? You know, uh, maybe, maybe you're like me and you were born and raised in the church and, 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 and you know, there, there was a season in my life where I was out doing my own thing, but yet God was right there all, every single day. He was right in the middle. Of, but there were moments in my life that I, it, it just felt like I couldn't reach him. You know, like my prayers were, were, were just like crazy. And, well, they were. You know, just, let's just be real. They were crazy, you know. And, and uh, uh, it was so far from what, what God wanted. And, but he just felt so far away, but he wasn't far. It's just I had put things in that place in my life. I had put things between me and God. And it wasn't that God's hand couldn't reach me. It's that I had distanced myself from God. I couldn't reach him. And you might feel that way today, but let me tell you something. He's in this place. He's in this place. And I'm not, I'm not talking about this building. However, he's, he's there too. But the very place that you're at, so is he. So is he. And, and, you know, you look around, you don't like the place, and you, and you hate the place, and you can't stand the place, and you wish this place would die. But he's there. 
and he's got life, and he's got hope, and he's got peace, and he's got joy, and he's got, man, and he's going to cause you to be, be the victor, the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. He, he, he's going to empower you to win and succeed regardless of the situation because he can't help himself. I'm telling you, he can't help himself. He's going to bless you. I said he's going to bless you. The word bless means to be positioned to win or succeed regardless of the circumstance. He's going to position you to win and succeed. It don't make any difference what place you're at. It, it, it just doesn't make any difference what place you are. You can't, call, you can't think that the place is, is more important than the presence that you're carrying with you. Because it's, it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now indwelling in you, and, and he's quickening your mortal body. And, and, and I'm telling you that you can go any place. I believe this about you. And, and I could, you know, if I had a lot of time today, trust me, at the, at the end of six or seven hours, I could show you, and you'd be a believer too. But I, I could prove to you that it doesn't make any difference where you're at, that if you got God in you. You're going to bring life to that place. You're going to bring hope to that place. You're going to bring joy to that place. You, you, yeah, yeah, because why? Because he, he, he can't stop it. See, sometimes, sometimes it's like the scripture we were reading before, you know, hey, tell the people that have the riches of this world, that's us. Everybody say, that's us. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. That's us. Yeah, we, we, are, we, we are the people who have the riches of this world. We need to embrace that reality. And, and, and sometimes we get so arrogant because we think that everything's about us. You know, if we, have, if, we, if we have a great day, it's because we're so good. And if we, if we are in a bad place, it's because we're so bad. And, and, and you know, we, we, we're trying to take credit. Don't be so arrogant. God knows what he's doing. He has it all planned out. He has plans to give you the hope that in the future that you're hoping for. And, and he can take what the enemy intended as evil, and he can turn it and use it for good. And if you can just open your life to God and then put your trust in God. No matter what place you're at, man, you, you, you're at the place, whatever the place is, you are at the place to demonstrate Satan's defeat today. When he sent Jesus, Jesus came and he said, yeah, there's somebody who intends to kill and there's, there's a force that intends to steal and there's a, the force that intends it to destroy. But I've come, my intention was that you might have and enjoy life to the full, till it overflows. Think about it, Jesus came and he had an intention that you would have and enjoy life. And let me just start there today and tell you that no matter what place you are, you might as well start enjoying it. All right, might as well get your joy back. You, you, you want to humiliate hell? Just get happy in the middle of hell. Just go ahead, just go ahead and begin to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Don't make it about you, but, but just realize that God in any place has the ability to bring life. And I think that's what he's doing in us. I think we are his plan to bring life all over the place. No matter what place you are, you know, whether you're, you know, which of the cities you come from, where, where, where the place that he has you right now and, and, and you go to work and the place that you do sports and the place that you, you know, wherever, whatever place you're in, is you carry his presence into that place. More life than death. More joy than sorrow. More peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. Don't focus on the place so much. You, you know, uh, we, we read it a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to fly through this a little bit this morning, but Matthew chapter 14, uh, there's, there, there's just a great chapter, and Jesus had heard about it, and what he had heard about John the Baptist uh, 
you know, having his head cut off, and he was a great friend, and, and he withdrew from there, Jesus did privately in a boat, to go to a solitary place, and when the crowds heard of it, they followed him, and, and on foot from the towns, and he got to the place that he was thinking was going to be a solitary place, he ended up being a crowded place, and when he went ashore, he saw that it was a crowded place, and, but, he, 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 but it wasn't just crowded, but it was, it, was a, it was a sick place, and so he you know, he showed up. Well, when he shows up, there's more healing than sickness. So he began to heal the sick, and now it became a healing place. And in the evening came, the disciples came, and they said, this is a remote and barren place. Isn't it funny that the people walking with Jesus call the place that's a healing place a barren place? Why? Well, because we're all in the same place, but we're at different places. See, there's, there's, you're sitting by somebody right now who's just about ready to have a Pentecostal breakdown. They just don't want you to know it. Okay. And, and you're sitting here thinking, this is a dry place. This is just like the story. And, and, and he, they said, hey, get rid of these people and send them into town to buy food. And he said, hey, they don't have to go anywhere, verse 16. He said, uh, uh, they don't need to go away. Just, get, just start feeding them. Just, why? Because this, this is a place of abundance, man. This is a place of abundance. And they said to him, we ain't got nothing. Isn't it funny? We still think it's about us. It's about what we got. And, and, and I can't do what God's called me to do because I don't have enough just to take care of myself. So Sometimes, you know, think about God, and God's much bigger than this room, but let's just say that God was the size of this room, and so he's up there, and he's like the, 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 the ceiling, right? He's the ceiling, but we want God to come down into, into this, this one vessel, and we're so focused on this one vessel that we want the bigness of God, which covers the ceiling, to come into this one, and, and we stop the flow because we're, we're not big enough for God. But if we would make it about everybody, if we make it about others, you know, isn't that what we read? You know, hey, hey, don't, don't, don't make this just about you. They make it big enough, then, then God can get in there. And, and, and trust me, the thing that God has called you for, the, the thing that God has anointed you for, you, 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 you can't stand around saying, I got nothing. That, that's, that, that's fake news. You got enough power to blow the lips off the front of your face. You, you, have, you have the anointing of God on the, on, on the inside of you. Don't you ever say, I ain't got nothing but dry bread and stinky fish. I mean, we whining about what we got. No, don't ever go there. He said, bring it to me. See, and you take what you got and you bring it to him and he's going to, man, I'm telling you something. He is faithful. If you take him what you got, oh, oh I got some mess. Wait till you see what he can do with a mess. All I have is problems. All I have is sorrow. Wait till you see what he can do with sorrows. And you take it, and, and you take it to him. And look at what he said. He, 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 he ordered the crowd to recline on the grass. It's kind of like he said, hey, check this out. You're going to want to be seated for this. He took the five loaves and two fish. And he gave thanks. He blessed and broke it. Then he handed it back to the people who were in a barren place. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they, who? The barren people. The barren-minded people had to go pick up the leftovers. Man, I, you know, he's just given instruction that no matter what place you're at, man, you, 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 got, you got to see the place that you're in. The place that you're in, it, it's, it's not about you. And, and those who ate, there's 5,000 men. They didn't include the women and the children. And the next verse says that uh, he directed the disciples, now get in the boat and, and, and leave me. <laughs> get in the car and go I'll catch up I don't want to be with you barren people move 
Let's go. And he went and he sent them away and he dismissed the multitudes and he went and he got to that place and he prayed. And when it was evening, he was still there alone. And so he, uh, he looks out in the boat by this time, out in the middle of the sea and furlongs, an eighth of a mile distant from the land and beaten. And it's getting beaten and tossed by the waves. By the way, anytime you head to the place that God is directing you to, there's going to be a storm. You know, it's not, it's not easy sailing because, well, you would think that if, if God was in it, it would get easy. No, I'm telling you, there's going to be opposition. Don't be freaked out. Oh, now look, now we're in a stormy place. We left that barren place, and under the instruction of God, we got in a boat, and now we, we, we've gone from dry and barren to wet and crazy. Okay, and, and, and it's getting tossed, and it's against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came walking on the sea, and, and they saw him, and they were freaked out and terrified, and, and they screamed with fright. And Jesus speaks to them and, and says, take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. And Peter couldn't help himself. If it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And without hesitation, come. So, and that's, that's just the thing, is that anytime you're in a situation, you call out to God, uh, just remember this, that he probably, you think he's going to come to the situation. No, he's going to call you to come to him. Okay, see, here, here's the deal is that who, when Jesus starts speaking to you, it's, it, man, we really want a move of God. No, we need to be a move for God. You need to shift. See, the reason that church people want God to move so they don't have to. See, if, if God would move, then it would prove I'm right. You are not the main character of the story. You've spent all your life, your time, your effort, your energy, your resources proving you're right. But you're the only person who cares. End of the day, no big deal. You don't need to prove you're right. You need to just walk in the light, okay? Get ready to move. Look at somebody say, get ready to move. <laughs> and, and, he, and he came toward Jesus. And, and the next verse says that, uh, it, you know, the next verse says that, I love technology because sometimes it like locks up on us. It's like, and when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he, 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 was, he was frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, save me, because we, we always think we're dying. And uh, instantly Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and held him and said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And we know the story. We got this one down. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Thank you, Jesus, because there's more peace than chaos. And those in the boat, they got on, they started worshiping him and they said, truly, you are the, these are the people running around with Jesus who finally have a revelation. How quickly we forget. You know, he just fed 5,000 people with a Lunchable. Okay? But in the middle of a storm, <laughs> we're under the impression, well, I guess he, he's against me. I, I, and then he shows up, you really are God. He's never changed. Okay, uh, you, your situation, I don't want to belittle your situation, but please don't belittle my God. The place that you are is not bigger than the God that we serve. So my eyes ought not be riveted to the place, but to the God. 
And, and, and look, at, look at verse 34. And, and, uh, and by the way, kid check, kid check, kid check. Okay, verse 34. And when they had crossed over to the other side, they, they went ashore at Gennesaret. And look at this. And the people of that place recognized, and we're on to another place. You, you know, God's leading you into places. He's doing things at the place you're at, and he's going to take you to a new place. And, but, so it can't be about the place. He ain't going to leave you at the place. He wants you to move from the place. He wants you to get victory in the place. But he, he just wants you to know something, that, that he's bigger than the place you're at. Okay? He's, I said he's bigger than the place you're at. He's greater than the place you're at. He is stronger than the place you're at. There's a future that's, that's, that's beyond that place. You're not at, if you are at your final resting place, we should be eating potato salad. You know, someday we're all going to die. That's encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a graduation announcement. You know, back in the day, you know, <laughs> I was doing a lot of youth ministry, and I'd, I'd always speak at graduations, and that's, I'd always start with that line. Someday, we're all going to die. <laughs> you know what? You know what they're going to do when you die? They take your body out, throw it in a hole in the ground, fill it up with dirt, and go back to the church and eat potato salad. <laughs> that's what happens when you die. Find your final resting place, which that ain't it. But he's moving you from place to place. Joshua 1, he said, every place the sole of your foot hits, I've given it to you. Every place the sole of your foot treads, I've given you. In just a second, there's a couple people in the room that need a revelation, and you're going to get it. So, so I just want you to, you know, buckle up, Beatrice. Get ready, because there's few people that really need this, because you are taking credit for the place that you are at. Not always good. Some of you are being beaten up daily, because I guess we're in this place because I'm such a failure. I guess I'm in this place because I really screwed up. I guess I'm in this place because we, we, we took the wrong turns or we, we said the wrong things or we connected to the wrong people or we, and I'm in this place. No, see, if, if every place the sole of your foot treads, he gives you, well, then the place you are is a gift. And a gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. You don't get credit for the good place. But you really aren't responsible for the bad place. There are some things that you are probably, you, you know, it, it's kind of stupid to sow wild oats and then pray for crop failure. I mean, there's, there's, there's stuff that, that happens in life that, and you're going to deal with it. But let me tell you something about the place. Let me tell you something about the God you serve. You have not confused him. Your situation is not like beyond his comprehension. You know, you know, my family, just growing up, you know, it's, remember when David said, I, 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 I look back and, and I saw that you were there. And, and, you know, sometimes we can look back and we can see things that God, God was operating. You know, and we, we, we thought, you know, I don't know what we thought, but you look back and you realize, man, God was there. 
And, and, you know, my family, we, we had tents, and we traveled, and we did meetings, and I grew up in this environment of, of church and, 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 and tent meetings and revivals, and, and uh, uh, one day they announced to, to me and my siblings that we were moving, and it was like, okay, we get in the car, and we moved, and, and what, what changed? Nothing, because we had tents, and we did revivals, and we did church life, and nothing changed, but we're doing it from a different place. And, and just going through life and not a big deal. You know, you just got a new school, but it didn't matter because we weren't really there that long. And my dad picked us up on Friday afternoon. We got in the rig. We headed out for the weekend. He dropped us off Monday morning in time for school. And when the summer hit, we, we, got, we got in the rig and we took off and we did the summer meetings. You know, so from where we launched from, who cares? You know, we, did, we really didn't have time for, like, a lot of relationships with, with, with people out there because we were gone all the time. So what place we did it from, who cares? It's just a different place, the same, same thing, same life, different place. And then 1980, they sent my dad home to die with cancer. He had had to fight for his life. He had gone through chemo, radiation, had a tube up his nose to feed him. He was so weak, his head would fall over and have to reach up with his hand and push it up. And he was sitting in the chair that day. I, I don't know what month it was, but I know that it was the fourth day of the month because he's read a chapter of Proverbs my entire life. And, and uh, so it was the fourth day of the month, and he was reading, My son, attend unto my words, and hearken unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for their lives are those that find it, health and healing to all their flesh. And, and that day, it went from a word of God to a word from God. It shifted from a logos to a rhema. It leapt off the page. He described it as, as, as it hit him in the chest and went through his body. And suddenly he knew that God's word is life and his health and his healing. And he hollered out to my mother, Velma! Yes, dear? I'm healed! That's nice. <laughs> there was some of that too. And he started preaching that verse and calling people and getting talking about that verse, and he found that the more he taught it, the more he preached it, the stronger he got, and it wasn't long till we, we, we had a small orchard, and, and he was getting uh, all these apples, and he was going down this road and, and giving them to people, and, and, and he, he went down the road, and he went to a house, and it was two miles down, just two miles down the house, just, just down the road, and, and a guy opened the door, and the guy opened the door and saw my dad with a box of apples. The guy began to weep, and, and, and my dad's like... What is wrong with you? And he goes, well, no, it's not me, it's you. And he goes, no, there's nothing wrong with me. That's what I'm here to tell you about. And, he, he's, and the guy's crying, and he said, you know, I, I knew that I was supposed to come down there. You're only two miles down the road, and I knew that I was supposed to come do something for you, and I never did because I didn't know what to say to a preacher who's dying with cancer, and, and now here you are, and you're on my door, and you're doing something for me, and, 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 and I, I just feel so guilty. I said, and, and, and that, was a, that was like a green light for my dad because that was the whole deal. He wanted to make him feel guilty so that he would come to his Bible study. <laughs> and so he said, good, 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 good. You want to do something for me? I'll do anything for you. I want you to come to my Bible study. And he told him the night and the time. The guy, the guy made a promise, and he said, okay, I'll be there. He loaded up his family, and they came to the Bible study that night, and, and we had the Bible study, and I, I sat there and played the guitar, and, and we, we sang a little bit, and my dad got up, and he talked about Proverbs 4. And, 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 and then after the Bible study and after the people had left, my mom looked at me, and she said, hey, did you notice Dave and Bonnie Evans were here tonight? And I said, yeah, I did. I saw Dave. I saw, I saw Bonnie. I saw Dave and Bonnie. And, they, and she said, did you see that they brought their daughter with them? And I said, oh, do they have a daughter? <laughs> now, I knew that they had a daughter because she had stared at me the entire night. 
Her eyeballs were locked on me, and it wasn't just that night. Her and her mother had stalked me for years. They had followed me through Montgomery Wards. They had hidden in, in, in clothing racks as I would walk by, like, like I couldn't see them. And don't tell them I'm lying, because you know it's the truth. And, 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 but yeah, I saw her, and I knew that she had watched me all night, because I watched her reflection in the sliding glass door all night. And no matter where I was at, I could, I could tell that she was, she was on me. She's like a, like a heat-seeking missile. And, 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 but but, but so, so, so I, got, I got to Shelby, and, and uh, I don't know if it's that one or the next, next week at Bible study, and I went to Shelby, and I said, hey, Shelby, uh, uh, can I give you a ride home? She said, sure. You look two whole miles down the road, two, two miles of bliss. Car was clean. I was wearing deodorant, <laughs> which I'd like to share with some of you guys that are wearing those really thin, breathing shirts. Just because it says dry on the shirt does not mean that you should not put on deodorant. I'm just saying, that is for some, there's the revelation. Come on, give it up. Some of you guys, King James, the word is stinketh. But anyways, um, I, got, I got Shelby in the car. We drove down the road. I, I, I pulled up in front of her house and, and two whole miles down the, down the street. And, and as she's getting out, I said, hey, uh, uh, w- w- would you go out with me? And she, no. And she closed the door and went in the house. <laughs> and so I burned rubber for two miles. I was not a happy camper, but I got back to the house and slammed the door and said, so what? Walked into the house. My mom said, hey, there's somebody on the phone for you. I went to the phone. I picked it up. It was Shelby. She said, I can go out with you now. What makes you think I want to go with you? <laughs> you had your chance, woman. <laughs> uh, what happened? Two miles. She said, I had, to, I had to break up with my boyfriend first. That's okay. He was a loser. <laughs> I was the winner. I look back and I see... Oh, we moved to get two miles down the road. We didn't go to the same school. You know, God took what the enemy intended for evil, and my dad grabbed apples, and he went down the street, and he gave them to this guy. This guy had a daughter, and the daughter was my wife. And Oh, that's just one thing. Oh, really? Not too long ago, there was a gal, a few years ago, she showed up at one of our meetings here at church when we were on Clearwater. She came up to me, and she goes, Tom, Tom Fields. And I went, yep. Do you remember me? And I went, nope. Jeez. I was in your class in high school. Oh, <laughs> sorry. She goes, that's okay. That's okay. I, 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 I've been following you on Facebook and every time, and, 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 and you know, ever since high school, I've just kind of tracked you, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, where's security? <laughs> yeah, and I... <laughs> And she had been sent, she lived in California someplace, and she'd been sent to Spokane on a business trip. She got on Facebook, and she, and she saw that we were there, and she grabbed a coworker, and they came to church. They both got saved that morning. They went home. They shared what had happened with them, and their whole family had been impacted with the gospel. And I look back, and I think, well, God moved us to put us in a school so that I, there would be a girl that I wouldn't even pay attention to that would follow me. For, you. See, you don't know what God is up to in your world. See, the enemy wants you to think that the place you're at is all about you and that, 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 that there's something about you that, that's either made it good or made it bad. But I don't think it really matters the place you're at. I think it's the presence you're with. Hello, somebody. Look at somebody and tell them, I think he's talking to you right now. Look at 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you, how many would that be? I mean, each of us. 
should use whatever gift. See, it's not just your talent, your ability, your money, your time, but, but the place you are. Every place you go, I'll give you. This is a gift. I know you don't like it, and you think it's about you, but you didn't do anything to deserve it. It's not, it's, not, it's not the circumstance or the situation, but it's the place, the position of effectual opportunity. See, it's the place. The place is a position of effectual opportunity. Obviously, there's stuff going on in this place that wants to distract you, but you can't overlook the fact that this place is a gift from God. And, and you need to use the gift to serve others. See, you got to make the place that you're at about others. See, there's something about, there, there, there's something about the character that we possess that ties us to an end, right? So, so you, you can, you, if you got bad character, I don't care how good it looks right now, it won't be long till bad shows up because you got bad character, and bad character ties you to bad results. If you got great character, I don't care how bad it looks right now, it won't be long till great things begin to happen because character ties you to an end result. See, and, and again, we can go all through the Bible. We can talk about Joseph, who had great character. He could get falsely accused, thrown into prison. And I got to tell you something. He went from an awesome place to a really rough place. And, and, and it wasn't because he did something wrong. It's because he did something right. But his character refused to allow him to be contained, and he always popped back to the top. See, it's your character that matters. It's not, it's not what's going on. It's not what you're dealing with, but, but it's about who you are and who you are. And who you are, your character is defined by your habits. See, and, 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 and your habits, all they are, are, are actions that you have learned to perform without thought. You, you, they weren't habits at first. They were actions. They, they were acts. They were, they, they were acts of obedience or disobedience. They were acts of life or death. They were acts of, of, of abundance or, or lack. But, you know, you, you choose your, your actions, and you do it long enough. Pretty soon you don't even have to think about it. And it's not, it's, it just happens because it becomes a habit, and the habit is your character. And, and he said, what, 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 what you need to do is, is create the habit of serving others regardless of the place you're at. Create a habit. See, because... Uh, there are people in this world that have amazing joy. Amazing joy. And there are people in this world who need it. Okay? You're either in camp A or camp B. You either are walking in insane joy or you are insane in need of joy. Right? And, and, so, and, and in those two camps, there's, there's different habits. And this morning, real quick, I want to give you three habits of, of incredibly joyful people. And, and, and there's tons of scripture. I won't get to, to all of it, but I'm just going to rattle these off and talk about it for a minute. But the, the first thing is, is that you got to live like a steward. See, he, he said, use whatever gift you have because it's not yours, but be a faithful steward. You got to live like a steward. You got you to realize that everything, see, a steward lives according to the plan of the owner. God, God has given the life, the life that you have, it's not your life. When you came to Jesus and you said, hey, I surrender all, he took you serious. And Paul, Paul wrote, it's, it's not I that live, no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live because of the son, of, of, of the one who gave himself for me. You know, I now live the life. I used to live my life, but now I'm living the life. This life is his life. Th these opportunities are his opportunities. You know why he can ask for the tithe? Because it's all his. You know why he can ask for your time? Because he can take it away. 
It's not your time, it's his time. And you got to live like a steward, man. You, 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 and you got to be a faithful steward. And you got to quit making it about you, and you got to make it about serving him and serving others, right? Because this thing that God's doing in you, if you get this right, then you're going to really find out what life is really all about. You're going to find out what this life really is. But let me tell you something, joyful people, joyful people aren't, aren't hyper-focused on themselves. Depressed people are hyper-focused on themselves. So you got to live like a steward. This isn't my mess. This is God's mess. He promised me a future. So, all my hope is in Him. So this mess can't shake my hope. Because I'm going to live like a steward. And I'm going to love like a sample. So you need to write these down. Live like a steward. Number two, you need to love like a sample. Okay? Love like a sample. You got to be thinking about others because when others come into your you know, realm, where, where your influence into, into, into your environment. See, whether you know it or not, you are the product demonstrator of God life. You are the representative. I think that King James would say that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of the kingdom of God life. You are what it looks like to be in the place that you are at but not alone, but with God. So the, the world, the people without hope, are looking to you, the person of hope, to see what hope would look like in the same place that they are standing. See, some of you, you can't figure out why your world blew up. It's so that people whose worlds have blown up would be able to look to someone who would have the ability to show them what being blown up looks like with God. See, what does it look like to have more life than death when you enter a situation filled with death? What does it look like when you enter a life of chaos, but, but you have more peace than chaos? What does it look like when you enter a, pl a place of lack, but you are a person who has more provision than lack? This is what it looks like. But if you make it about you and you're whining instead of shining, when you are pouting instead of shouting, you know, all of a sudden, man, the product demonstration's going downhill quick. You know what I love? Man, you know what I love? Costco. <laughs> Stinking love that place. I love Costco. Several reasons. One, take it back. No questions asked. Walk up, hand them your card. <laughs> you want a cash card? Or would you like to just, you know, it's, not, it's simple. You know, the other thing I love about Costco? Samples. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> samples, and I'm headed there anyways. I mean, they don't even need to talk to me. I'm coming for a sample, but the other day, the other day, I'm in Costco, and there's this little precious lady, and she sees me coming, and I don't know if it's the passion on my face or what, <laughs> but she looked up at me, and she said, how are you today, and I said, Beautiful. She goes, oh, I like that. 
can I tell you what we are sharing with the beautiful people of Tri-Cities today? And I'm like, this chick is good. I said, yes, you may. She said, well, and I don't remember all the words she used, but it, was, it went something like this. She said, today we have a tortilla chip, and it was made by mamas in South America, and it was made by hand and cut by hand, and they were laid out on linen cloths and carried by fairies and delivered <laughs> safely and secure in, in one piece, and, 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 they, and they, they will make you strong. Somehow they, they, they make you strong. And, and, and we have paired that today with, for the beautiful people of Tri-Cities. We have paired this handmade tortilla chip by mamas in South America to, with, with, a, with, with, with a salsa that has sweet papaya in it. And it, it's, just, it, it's, a, it's a symphony of flavor in your mouth when you put the, when you put the handmade, oh, oh my God, when you put it into your mouth, and, and, and I'd like to offer it to you on a Vanity Fair napkin. And I'm like, thanks. And I, I was there, you, you know, honestly, I was there, I was going to get a sample anyways. Even if she wasn't looking, I was getting a sample. But the more she talked about it, the better it got. And, and, and it was obvious that, 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 I mean, she knew stuff I didn't know about it, and I popped it in my mouth, and you know, you know the one thought that went through my mind? More. And, and, and I come out of there, I don't even know why I was in there, but I came out and I had chips and I had salsa. And, and I'm thinking, I can't wait to get back. And, and, and see, that's what you are to the world is a product demonstrator. And, and you're, sharing, you're sharing with people walking down the aisles of your life. Can I, can I share with you what I'm sharing with the beautiful people of my life? what has been prepared by hand just for you today. Because there's life, not death. And you might be having sorrow, but wait till you taste the explosion of joy that overwhelms the sorrow. Oh, can I just, can, can I tell you that, that, that we're presenting it to you? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good. And when people leave your life, they should be just wanting more. The life that Jesus came to give you should be shocking to the people in the place you're at. See, you, you, you got to live like a steward. You need to love like a sample. But then you need to also do what Jesus did. And you need to leave with an invitation. Follow me. Jesus didn't leave anybody where they were. You got Peter sinking. Come to me. You got to reach. You got to, you know what? We got to reach to God. See, a lot of us are, a lot of us are under the impression that God was desperate just to reach us. See, God didn't reach you to reach you. He reached you to reach through you. And, and, and if reaching you was the ultimate end, you wouldn't be here. You might be under the pressure, I'm dying. I'm dying in this place. Well, no, you, you need to let me reach through you in this place. You want to see the peace that comes after the storm? See, remember the place hadn't changed. He took a stormy place and he made it a calm place. 
and everybody in the boat. See, see, it's not about the one guy walking by faith, but it's about reaching the 11 guys who don't understand faith. See, there's somebody in your world, there's somebody in the place that you are at, there's somebody in the place you are at that you're going to be the product demonstrator for. They might grab your chip when you ain't looking. But do they want more? If somebody took time to partake of your life, what would be the taste left in their mouth? The psalmist put it this way. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the one who puts his trust in the Lord our God. See, if you put your trust in God, it's because you've tasted his goodness. If you struggle trusting God, it's because you have tasted a stale chip, fermented salsa. There is something fresh that God has for you so that people can experience real life when they experience you. I think people should just be blown away when they leave your presence. You know, I don't think people should be going, he's a Christian? I think they should be having to explain, no, he's a Christian. That's why he has that joy. That's why he has that peace. That's why, that's why he has those convictions. He's a believer, man. He's in the same place I am, but he's got victory. Some of us today, we need to take a big step towards God. You want God to come to you in the place you are, but he's calling you to move towards him. I want, you, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. and We're, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And, and Maybe you're here today and you know that it's time for you. Now, now, stop living on the fringes. Stop living kind of half in and half out the boat. It's time for you to, to move yourself towards God. In the very place you are, instead of expecting God to, to like pluck you out of that place, but you, you need to step toward God in that place and let him be God so that you can live like a steward, love like a sample. You can say, follow me while I follow Christ. If you're here today, and you know that God is dealing with your life and the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heartstring and saying, come to me, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. Then this prayer is for you today. And I won't embarrass you, I won't call you out, but if you're here and you say, Tom, that's me, I'm, I'm making this prayer my prayer today, I want you to hold your hand up really high just so I can agree with you. I want to agree with you in prayer today. Thank you, 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 thank you. It's awesome, thank you, thank you. I want us all to pray this together. Just pray, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. I don't want to be the same. I'm ready to grow. So give me vision. Give me strength. Give me passion, Lord. 
I'm going to live for you every day of my life. Start now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God a big praise.